0: Bernie Tito was well-liked in the small Texas town of Carthage. He sang in the church choir, could make a gourmet meal, and was also the town's local mortician, who was known to work well with families, but especially widows. In 1990, Marjorie Nugent met Bernie after he had helped her arrange her wealthy husband's funeral. And though the two were 42 years apart in age, they became inseparable. But, what everyone thought of Bernie, they seemed to think the opposite of Marjorie claiming she could be mean and hard to get along with. Bernie and Marjorie's relationship would turn from traveling the world and having a good time to a murder case that would divide this small Texas town in two. Did Marjorie's alleged abuse drive Bernie to murder? Or was he a money-hungry man who would do anything for Marjorie's millions? Hi, I'm your host Missy, and I'm about to take you on a wild ride. Stories with plot twists shocking endings, and unbelievable truths. Trust me when I tell you that this story is nuts. Bernie Tita graduated high school, he took up working as an assistant funeral director at the Hawthorne Funeral Home in Carthage, Texas. Bernie liked what he did and he was good at it, quickly able to do anything that was required of the job. His reputation around town of being a sweet, generous guy who helped grieving families and widows or widowers made him someone most people felt they could connect with. In 1990, Bernie Tita would meet Marjorie Nugent. Marjorie's husband, Rob, had just passed. He was a local banker who had made his money in banking and oil. It was Bernie's job to actually help Marjorie arrange the funeral and be there for anything she needed. True to Bernie's reputation, he didn't stop there either. He would often visit Marjorie to make sure that everything was okay after the funeral. And this is where the two got to know each other. Despite their 42-year age difference, Bernie Tita and Marjorie Nugent became inseparable from each other. They began traveling first class and around the world, and by the next year in 1991, Bernie Tita would quit his job at the funeral home and went to work for Marjorie as her business manager and travel companion. It was also around this time that Bernie would alter Marjorie's will, disinheriting Marjorie and her late husband's only son, Rob, leaving the entire $10 million estate to himself and none of Marjorie's other family. Marjorie would spoil Bernie, giving him gifts and showering him with money, money that he would then use to start scholarships or start a fundraising drive for the Boy Scouts or give away large gifts to his friends. But as time passed, Bernie grew tired of working for Marjorie. In fact, according to Bernie, He felt that her constant needs and demands became far too much, and he started to feel trapped. (music) On August 18th of 1997, Rob Nugent was growing increasingly concerned about his mother Marjorie. He hadn't heard from her in an extremely long time, and decided it was time to file a missing persons report. Rob and his daughter would also decide to take a trip to Marjorie's home, in order to see if they could find her. There, wrapped in a sheet and stuffed in a freezer, they would find the body of Marjorie Nugent. She had been shot in the back four times. Police would bring in their main suspect and the person who everyone knew and loved, Bernie Tita, where they received a full confession for the crime. Bernie had admitted that he had thought several times before her actual murder about hitting her in the head with a baseball bat but that he hadn't wanted her to suffer. So instead, he shot her in the back four times with a twenty two caliber. The very next day after Marjorie's murder, Bernie Tito would write himself a check for $20,000. And again, weeks later, writing another check for $30,000. He was still using her money for civic activities, gifts to civic groups, or giving some to friends. After the news hit about the murder of Marjorie, the small Texas town was divided. Some people couldn't believe that Bernie could do something so horrible. To them, he was a nice sweet person, who was obviously driven to murder Marjorie because, as Bernie stated, she had been verbally abusive toward him. On the other hand, others, especially Marjorie's family, felt that Bernie had conned Marjorie into giving him all of her money, and once he was going to be found out, he decided to kill her. The trial lasted less than a week and Bernie Tita was convicted and sentenced to life in prison for the murder. He was given the sentence because of what was, to the judge, obvious premeditation. But this is not where today's story ends. In fact, this is where the case takes an even bigger twist. Filmmaker Richard Linklater could not get the story of Bernie Tita and Marjorie Nugent out of his head he decided that he needed to make this crazy true story into a movie. And that's what he did, hiring actor Jack Black to play the role of Bernie and Shirley MacLaine to play Marjorie. Marjorie's family was outraged at the way that she was portrayed in the film, stating that it was a completely false narrative of their loved one. But despite their objections, the movie that was called Bernie premiered in 2012 and critics loved it. But critics and audiences weren't the only ones paying attention to this story. In fact, Jody Cole, an appeals lawyer, also took notice. Doing some digging, Jody would begin to claim that Bernie's conviction was a miscarriage of justice and she began to work to overturn his conviction. According to Bernie and Jody, Marjorie had been controlling and emotionally abusive toward him and that he had killed her while in a disassociated state, which essentially means that He committed the crime, but he was mentally unaware of what he was doing at the time. It was also at this time that Bernie admitted to Jody that he had been sexually abused by his uncle when he was younger. Due to the trauma that Bernie had suffered as a child and then the alleged abuse he suffered at the hands of Marjorie, he finally snapped. With this new information, Bernie Tita would end up being released on a temporary bond of $10,000 in 2014 and he would be issued a brand new sentencing hearing. While he waited to hear his new sentence, he would be required to live with the man who told his story, filmmaker Richard Linklater, in his Austin, Texas apartment. The family of Marjorie Nugent was absolutely disgusted by the news, which they heard via the media. They were certain that the film Bernie had influenced the legal system. The new sentencing trial would begin in 2016 in Henderson, Texas. With the new details, Jody was hoping that at least Bernie would get a lighter sentence. Hoping this time that it would be seen as a crime of passion instead of a crime that was premeditated. Marjorie Nugent's family didn't buy Bernie's new excuse, though. They went into court stating that Bernie was nothing but a con man. A con man who used Marjorie's money and then killed her. Whether Marjorie was indeed a mean woman who was verbally abusive, leading Bernie to snap or whether Bernie was a con man who used his position in order to meet widows and then eventually befriend them and use them for their money is something that's only known to Bernie Tita himself and either way despite the new sentencing hearing on April 22nd 2016 he would be resentenced to 99 years to life for the murder of Marjorie Nugent after it was only deliberated for a total of four hours. One week after his conviction, Bernie's lawyers tried to appeal his conviction, but yet again, it was upheld. At the time of this podcast in 2021, Bernie still resides in the John B. Conley unit of the Texas Department of Justice in Kennedy, Texas. Bernie Tita will not be eligible for parole until 2029. After the 2012 release of the movie Bernie, the Nugent family did actually start a website dedicated to Marjorie. You can always go and visit that. I will post the link in the source material and also I'm going to post the link to the movie which you can actually watch right now on YouTube for free with ads. So check it out if you're interested. I want to know what you think of this story. What are your opinions on this case? Do you think that he snapped or was he a con man? I have I have opinions, but I'm I'm curious as to what you have to say. If you have not yet, join the Facebook group. It's facebook.com backslash this story is nuts podcast. Also, if you have a story for the show, I want to hear it. Whether it is a suggestion, I'm always interested if you have something that you want to hear or it's a personal story, send me an email. It's thisstoryisnuts at gmail.com. Come back next week for an all-new episode of This Story's Nuts, which drops every single Wednesday at midnight. Listen all the way until the end today. I want to throw a little something special for you at the end of today's show. So listen all the way through the end credits here. And then I I had a really hard time saying a specific line earlier and I thought it was super funny and I know this isn't a podcast that's a comedy podcast but I thought maybe I would give you a little bit this is not always I mean it's an easy job but it's not always the easiest and for some reason I could not spit this phrase out so I wanted to just give you that little bit it's it's pretty funny I thought it was funny anyway come back next week thank you so much I appreciate you and Until then, stay nutty, my friends. This story's nuts was written and produced by Missy Reese, with music by Logan Reese, off of Groovepad. Money that he would then use to start scholarships, or soda, or start or or start, a, or start a fundraising drive for the Boy Scouts. <laughs>